You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share bad. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the Dead Line. Time goes in, time goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. And welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and all those other wonderful places on the internet. My name's Kian, and joining me this week is... It's Kev. How's it going? Very well. I can see you're shuffling cards sinisterly for the benefit not, of people so, listening. Not only cards. To, 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 to lead with selfless, shameless self-promotion up top, it is our Nerd to Know business cards ah. that you can get if you come up to any of us at, say, a public event or a convention, or if you see me on the street. <laughs> yeah, if you ask him for directions, he'll just throw them at you. I'll just, yeah, no, it's, it's a card with a QR code. And, and disappears I, and like I, a puff of smoke. Yeah, no, I, I carry smoke bombs and cards on me at all times. Um, <laughs> they call me the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well then, also Dara may uh, also in wizarding fashion drop in at some point. If he say Dro- the- drop a smoke bomb and just appear, yeah. throw a card in the British Museum three times, he'll <laughs> appear. Not just in this show, anywhere. Uh, but yes, we have some films and TV shows and casting things, right? So we will jump straight into it with you, Kev. So Kev, I believe you saw a few films this week, uh, a sort of Japanese anime type one and a more mainstream one. Would you like to take us through both of them, please? Yes. Well, I would like... So here's a here's a hot exclusive <laughs> Game Awards world premiere. Woo! I got uh, I got the chance to go to the advanced preview screening of uh, the new anime movie, Suzume. Uh, Ooh, now how did you get this? How, how did this opportunity come about? Uh, like it was it was a public event. Oh, okay. Uh, like it, it, they basically, it was, it was an advanced screening I about two, I think about two and a half weeks before the the wide release uh, in the lighthouse. Okay, they didn't in, they didn't reach out to you and go. No, I wish I had that much clout. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's it was it was done in the lighthouse out in Smithfield, which is always a great cinema to go to. Like in this show's um, habit of ranking cinemas, lighthouse solid A. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for and for the more nor the more normies in the audience like me, what is Susume? Well, that's I wanted to kind of say. I get into it's okay. the newest movie by Makoto Shinkai. Who, right. if you know anything about anime in the recent years, you'll know Makoto Shinkai. He's the director of Your Name and Weathering with You, um, along with a whole back. Oh yeah, he, he's stuff. a good yeah. make you cry director. Yes, yeah. Totally. Oh, he's he's got a brand, and it's this supernatural uh, teen romance right and like it, it is that it's different takes on that throughout but that's that's the running theme and he will make one of these every two years and i will go see every single one of them um but suzume where your name was a breakthrough and and definitely like just hooked him into the stratosphere suzume definitely feels like him stretching his creative muscles um I, I do apologize there. Uh, we ran into some connection issues. Would you mind just summing up the last 20 seconds again, please, just in case it didn't make it into a recording? Sure. Um, where your name kind of like broke him into the stratosphere and made him a household name as far as an anime director or even a director, like your name really breached like boundaries. That that was a that was a public success. Oh yeah. I heard of it. Like, you know. Yeah. 
Um, this, I think, is is finally him like taking that and really stretching his creative muscles with it. Okay. Um, I, I'm trying to kind of dance around because obviously this movie technically is not out yet, even when this episode is released. Well, so how, I how much I don't do want to say too much. It. So, yeah, the, but the premise is very similar to his kind of to his back catalog in that I mentioned it's it's very supernatural based romance focused right um, <laughs> and this and I have to come out with the most anime plot synopsis because I'm really looking forward to it so we have Ed Suzume is the main Suzume who's our main character teenage girl lives in rural lives in a lovely rural harbor fishing village and when she comes across a mysterious man who is so beautiful that she caught that she actually has to stop <laughs> like, like cars just crash off the road <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> And eventually we find out that this man has a, a destiny to basically find these doors in abandoned places uh, that lead to another to another supernatural world and to make sure they're closed. Okay. As, as, as a plot has to happen, Susan May ends up opening one, conflict arises, and in this conflict, uh, maybe the boy turns into a moving chair. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a rollicking road trip across Japan. <laughs> but the Does movie, he like, stay a chair for most of the movie, yeah. <laughs> okay, but the now, movie is like, this just like a chair with a mouse, like? Uh, no, no, it, it is a like small, a normal chair, just a small yellow chair with three legs. Doesn't even have wheels. Doesn't God. even have wheels. No, and that's he, like this movie. There's so many different facets. This movie. One I think that's particular to point out is just. As, as much as it will make you cry, it's a Makoto Shinkai film. This movie is one of the funniest anime movies I've seen in so long. <laughs> See, I'm glad Just... you said that, because when I heard about a romance with a chair, like, I was wondering, like, because I'm sure you could make this work, but I was wondering <laughs> about tone, you know? No, it's, it, like, it, it balances the tone very well. Okay. Like, Again, what the, the way they animate this chair running down a road is just hysterical. <laughs> there is a sequence in the latter third of it with like, because they, they pick up cast of characters across the movie. Right. And there's this one guy with this really fancy looking, but kind of beat up convertible car. And that right. convertible is just the, the groundwork to so many jokes. <laughs> Each of which had me crippled. <laughs> um. But on top of that, like the, the layers in this thing, because the movie also explores so many kind of deep, deep-seated Japanese concepts of the idea of the the the, the ideas of like abandoned places in Japan, right? Like the, uh, uh, not no something not specific to Japan, but something kind of notable about it is because of the 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 rapidness of the the economic boom of the 80s and the decline of that things like theme parks cities apartment blocks came up overnight stuck around for a decade and then were abandoned just as quickly well see i'm glad you said that because i've noticed it in like even in the ghibli films and that kind of stuff there's loads of like japanese animated films which feature like these empty abandoned places taking on some sort of magical quality or something like that you know yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, it really kind of, it, it has, it talks a lot about that, uh, but it also deals in some of the biggest tragedies in Japan's history. Like this is a movie that effectively takes place like in the real world. Okay. Uh, events like, oh, is it, I think it's Fukushima was the nuclear reactor detonation. Right. Um, but yeah, like, like, a, a, a Chernobyl like a nuclear detonation that happened to Japan some decades ago or the 2011 tsunami that devastated coastal cities I think in North Japan these are all events that happened in this movie that tie into its greater themes and the movie talks about that and it's just it, it's all of these things just layering onto each other but never feeling out of place okay now- it, it, it is without a doubt like, if you liked your name, it's a must. Right. I would recommend this movie to most anyone. Well, that was going to be my question, because you're approaching this as someone who's looking at the back catalogue. Mm. Like, if you were some random person off the street who hadn't seen, like, a Japanese anime thing in a while, do you think this would be accessible? Like, Oh, I think so. I think okay. so. I think, I think, I think Shinkai is hit on... 
I don't want this. Okay. I don't want this to come off as because a lot of people just started comparing Makoto Shinkai to Hayao Miyazaki because they're notable Japanese directors, but they, they both hit on this, this way of filmmaking. That's so inherent. That's that is inherently Japanese and very tied into that culture while thinking it's still very accessible to Western and outside audiences. Okay. Yeah, I get what you mean. You don't want well, to compare like as far as film, yeah. yeah, as far as filmmakers, they are nothing alike. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's it's that sort of link through. I, I could recommend this to anyone in the same way that I could recommend like Spirited Away to anyone. Um and yeah, no, and as I said, it's coming out, it isn't released yet, but it's coming out on the 14th of April for a pretty wide release, I think, in a lot of cinemas. I'm sure. If you're one of the four people that sees Dara in an anime theater, you'll see him in this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, Suzume, like, to be frank, Susan, Suzume, your name, and his movie he made between these two, Weathering With You, all get blanket recommendations from me. Right. So all this is kind of washed the taste of, of the Demon Slayer newer film out of your mouth. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, this, yeah, no, this, this has revitalized my, um, my my belief in that that cinema is good actually <laughs> well that's high praise in and of itself then that's awesome no this it's 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 great like i said i've been to a lot of movies lately and i'm gonna go to more this one this one felt special also helped by the fact that it was like it was a sold out screening right. where everyone has been i think everyone was on the same page you know, right. no, no teens were taking selfies themselves, we'll say. Well, this is going to be my last question about that then, which is like, because, you know, everything it seems to end up on a streaming service in two weeks nowadays. Do you think there's merit to seeing this in a theatre? Definitely. As opposed to at home? Definitely, definitely. Right. Shinkai, like, Shinkai has, is at the forefront of like, of a melding of 2D and 3D animation and like where where there were scenes in your name that were jaw dropping mm. in 3D, he, I there are certain sequences he's really up the scale in this one. Right. Um, I mean, how often are you going to get a chance to see a chair in 3D? Like <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, the the like the scale, the thing things get pretty big in this movie, and the animation is astonishing. I recommend. It. Oh, and actually, uh, just to complete to tie it all together, the soundtrack is also brilliant oh, yeah he, he started working with a band called rad whips which is one of the reasons your name shot up in popularity right they, right it's one of these things if you'll notice your name has a pretty kind of like um album album type soundtrack where they're they're basically they sound like just songs like actual yeah, like radio like a playlist yeah. type thing yeah yeah the beauty of your name is that he storyboarded a lot of that to the music Oh, okay. Uh, like they, he got. I think he got the soundtrack written first from the band. Um, wow, you never hear that happening. I think so. I, I'm nearly certain I've heard that. I mean, I trust you to know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that's one of my favorite albums ever, I, I've heard. Like uh, that's that that's a that's in a category of album where I hear it and I immediately just start weeping just on <laughs> on the spot. And. Um, <laughs> So just you work with a customer or something. Oh yeah, full on. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, he's been working with them for the past couple of movies. And where I think Weathering with You felt, the soundtrack for Weathering with You just felt like a copy paste of what he did with Your Name. This time, it's much less rock tracks and much more kind of instrumental. I think he, I think he got a composer in to work with Rad Waves. Right. To, be, to create something a bit more kind of crossover. And there's a lot of choral work on this that is just, oh, like as much as seeing the animation on a big screen, hearing that soundtrack on like Dolby speakers, oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's, okay. it's, it's great. That's great. It's great. All right. I'm, I'm excited now. Um, just to compare though, you also saw Dungeons and Dragons this week, which make I've been kind of cautiously excited about. What did you think of it? Okay, to take a step back from the the well of praise I was in. <laughs> step back from the well of praise. <laughs> I did like Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. It's a it's it's good. It is actually very good. It's you're pulling a face. I just want to it's say it's more the fact that I've just come out of it's more the fact that I've just come out of 
again, <laughs> really, really just like basking in the glory of something. I get it. It's like you've just watched like Citizen Kane and now you're asked to review Fast and Furious 9 or something like that. You're like, it was good. Come on, Kian. No, no, not, not Citizen Kane. It's like I just watched Paddington 2. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, Don't the Dragons is very, very good. Yeah. Um, it is... It's 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 but it's it's good in the way of it's a romp, right? And like I, you know what? It feels like I'm I'm surprised it came out in April because this feels like a summer blockbuster movie. Yeah, that was quite peculiar too. I didn't know it was coming out this too until I saw the ads around uh, Dublin Comic Con. Like you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they felt like this the summer was going to be two packs. So they kind of hooked it out here. To, yeah, to- yeah. Or, or they fast-tracked it to try and get some grace back from... Did, okay, we're, if this is a bit of a deep dive, did you hear about the, the OGL license? No, no, drama? this is new to me. Brief summary. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons, Wizard, uh, Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast, who are the company that owns the Dungeons & Dragons IP. Right, right, okay. They, had a, they got into a bit of a kerfuffle there about a month or two ago because for lack like they basically tried to peel back some of the open source nature of Dungeons and Dragons and start charging content creators that were streaming it. Oh no. Obviously they caught a lot of flack for that. Right. They right, stepped right. they stepped back on that pretty immediately and even kind of issued some stuff where they basically the the the, the broad strokes of it is that before this a lot of the basic groundwork rules of Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition were kind of open source. Right. Um, they've effectively made like the entire player handbook open source now as kind of a response. Like, hey, we, we messed up. So they kind of overcorrected like. Yeah. Right. And I think that they might have tried to push this movie out a little bit faster. To, just like, to get some positive or even just, just to, a distraction. Yeah. Just to smoke screen a bit and just be like, hey, yeah. guys, look at this really fun movie we made. Okay. And in that, and in that way, it worked because, yeah, it's a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember my first experience with anything Dungeons and Dragons was the film that came out in the nineties <laughs> with like Jeremy Irons and like confused normal American teenagers who haven't played Dungeons and Dragons and like yeah, so that was like the low bar for me. And obviously, like having the likes of Chris Pine and uh, the star of Paddington Two <laughs> involved with this is more of a vote of confidence. But like, how did you find this one? Like, uh, very good. Would you believe yeah. I've never actually seen the the was it eighties nineties movie? I've never 90s, seen the. Yeah. I've it's never seen the Jeremy Irons. As bad as its reputation suggests, but it has little to do with Dungeons and Dragons. In fact, no. it has little to do with its own title because I believe there is not a dungeon, and there might not be a dragon <laughs> until the end. It is uh, basically just one of those many, many 80s and 90s movies where normal kids with skateboards get thrown into a wizarding world, of which there are several that spring to mind, one of which has like even Heath Ledger in it. And like the kid is like fighting off knights by opening his CD player and a laser fires out like it's Buzz Lightyear's arm thing. Like it's so many of those. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, tell me about this one. I don't know why, but you have to remind me, what was the movie with uh, Macaulay Culkin where he ends up going to those book worlds? Oh, the Page Master. Book. Page Master. Page Master. At least, at least Page Master was earnest. I'm talking like the cheaply made. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I mean, they were even coming out as late as like, do you remember The Black Knight where some guy oh, yeah. is thrown back in time? <laughs> Like, oh, like yeah. that, that was a real 90s trope. Like, ooh, it's that or the uh, or Tom Hanks's first ever movie, which was a Christian movie telling you about the evils of playing. I've Guns seen and the that. Mazes and Monsters. <laughs> yes. Mazes and Monsters. <laughs> ah, what a time oh, to <laughs> acting when he's like, yes, for anyone who doesn't know, like, it's a story about four kids who start playing Mazes and Monsters. And Tom Hanks gets so into it that he becomes a murderer and they have to catch him. And he ends up in like one of those like kind of institutions where he still believes he's in the game because that was obviously mazes and monsters and dragons are the most terrifying things happening in the 80s. And we need not investigate that any further. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, in, in comparison to mazes and monsters, 
<laughs> Dungeons and Dragons Honorable Thieves is good. It, like it's it is good. Um, it does actually earnestly feel like it is very D and D, right? In, in in its world and tone and setting, like it's set in the the D and D universe of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, and it like it makes it it name drops places like Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter. So like it's it's all very in that universe. Uh, but more than anything, it feels like playing Dungeons and Dragons. Well, that's what because I mean you're the the kind of biggest D and D player like I know in terms mm. of knowing the lore and that kind of stuff. And when I saw the main character was a bard. I immediately thought of you because that's a, that's a good sign. They kind of know they've done their homework, you know, my heart. And it's, ve- and it's, it's a very good bard because he's like Chris Pine. He, Chris Pine is kind of the perfect actor for that, where it's, it's a lot of like witty smarmy one-liners. Yeah. But it's not the, it, it, it doesn't come off as the kind of the Marvel quip a second. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. more just kind of it's, playful. It's not like kind of factory made. Like, you know. yeah. And on top of that, having played a bard for two years as much as <laughs> as much as my character would quip a lot he got punched down on a lot and that's <laughs> kind of the vibe yeah but it's it's good and it's it's the interparty dynamics of that because it's in terms of kind of archetyping it's it's chris pine plays the bard michelle rodriguez is playing the barbarian right um uh justice smith is playing i i want i believe it's a sorcerer okay distinct from wizard you see <laughs> and I cannot remember the name of the fourth uh, of the fourth actress who plays the druid. I don't know her off the top of my head. Uh, but the kind of the interparty dynamics there are great. And again, it feels very much like four people sitting down. And because of the way the film is structured, it's a heist movie. That's that's the kind of the the basic okay. of it. Uh, so it's very much. It feels like somebody keeps putting problems in in their way. And they have to just think of creative solutions to get out of it. And it's like, if you step, like, as somebody that plays d and I can step back and I can see people behind, like, it, it's almost as if I can see people making these decisions and making these characters that, that way. Right. There is one particular moment where I could see a player sitting behind one of the characters <laughs> saying, I interrupt the villain's monologue to throw a potato in his face. <laughs> well, this is what I was going to ask about. Is this, like, a committed in-universe story? Or is there, like... For example, like Jumanji, is there like a meta textual? No, no, no. It's 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 in universe. It is all. Like, I am they, genuinely surprised to hear that. Okay, I I get the feeling they haven't made right. any announcements, but I really suspect that they are going to franchise the life out of this thing. Right. Like, okay. It, it feels like they are laying the groundwork to make a D and D universe, as it were. So, like, they, that's what I said. They're kind of they're establishing. The Forgotten Realms. They're establishing places like Neverwinter and Baldur's Gate. They're establishing places like the Underdark. This, I get the feeling that this is kind of laying the groundwork for other stories, which okay. could be good. Which I, so long as they really make sure to keep creative about, because <laughs> there is a lot. Like <laughs> there is, there is hundreds of novels about Dean, like in the Dungeons Dragons Forgotten Realms universe, that are really creative. So so long as they don't phone it in, I yeah. will watch more. Um, and, and do you mind me asking, who does uh, Hugh Grant play? Hugh Grant plays a... He's effectively the villain. Ooh, and it's okay. Very, like, I think somebody pointed out, the film has a... We mentioned it earlier. The film has a very similar plot structure to Paddington 2. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's, that's all I really say on the matter. But yeah, Hugh Grant is a joy... Uh, Michelle Rodriguez and Chris Pine's like back and forth is perfect. It's brilliant. Right. Uh, and the movie's just a fun romp. Oh, and the one thing that actually caught me off guard, this movie has a tremendous amount of practical effects. Really? Yeah, I was I didn't realize. And I'm a sucker for them. Like, because there there is obviously a lot of kind of like of kind of creative races in DG. Right. So the likes of Dragonborns and Arakakras, which are bird people, and Tabaxi, which are cat people. And a lot of them that are kind of like visually on screen are people in costumes. Okay, so so not, not a lot of noticeable like kind of green screeny type stuff. Oh, there, there, there's their fair share of it for effect stuff. But like, if something is interacting directly with the characters, it has a physicality to it. Okay. 
Okay. I, I want, like, I, they do a good job of kind of masking where a lot of it, you'll notice that it's practical. But there was a few times where I was, I couldn't actually tell. I think well, there's, that's there's, what you're looking for. There's like, one yeah. sequence where like a, a bunch of like tentacles wrap one of the characters up. And I was looking at it. I was like, is that, is he actually like, is that, is that on him? What's that? <laughs> <Huh. laughs> um, yeah, it's good. I like, it, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's, it's nothing you haven't seen before, but if you're looking for just a fun action romp movie, yeah, I genuinely would recommend it. Okay. Well, to go back to, kind of the same question as earlier like obviously you're immersed in like all the mm. D stuff but would someone unfamiliar with it kind of find something to enjoy like oh i'd say so again the the like as much as it throws out uh things like the underdark and is just kind of hooking elvish spells left and right <laughs> um no like the, as i said the core conceit of this movie is a heist so that's like it's if you like something like Ocean's Eleven, it's Ocean's Eleven with much more silly words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, now, speaking okay. of silly words, Kian, I believe we have some Doctor Who news. Yes, and surprisingly, off the air, you had to break this news to me. So, <laughs> although the uh, like the anniversary special is still months away. We have been getting leaks and updates about people involved and all that kind of stuff. So would you like to take the lead on that? Sure, absolutely. Um, as we mentioned, I, like we've talked about it, about how Russell T. Davis is returning um, <clears throat> as returning a showrunner. And they're, it, like, it really looks like they're kind of clean slating Doctor Who. Yeah. It's almost like they're like, mm, you can jump back in there without having watched any of what's coming before. So... <laughs> But from the kind of the reveals that we've been getting, obviously we knew about Nkudi Gatwa becoming the Doctor. Yes. Um, they've since announced that um, British comedian Susie Kemper is going to be, a, I think they mentioned, I think they named her character, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, did they? Okay, see, I, I'm, I'm kind of trying to stay out of that whole discourse. Okay. Ah, fair enough. I like. I, I think they, they gave her a name. I just don't know what it is, right, <laughs> like, right, if right. it's referenced. I believe she's playing so, like a villainous role. Right. Um, but they've just announced the other day as well now that uh, famed drag queen Jinx Monsoon is joining the cast. They haven't given any specific details on that. I remember that. Um, but now with, with the addition of Jinx, it's really coloring... A picture here in yes. Russell T. Davis, who we we know is an is a out gay man. Um, I mean, he's all queer as folk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an open secret. Yes. Yeah, but it's like he is now that he's back in the kind of the, the big seat. He is jamming Doctor Who with queer actors, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm delighted. I think this is yes. great, but I am just kind of surprised the BBC are letting him. <laughs> I, I don't think they have a choice. I mean, it's I know from behind the scenes things that actually, even though it is the BBC, it's being outsourced to his personal company. Oh, really? I think, I think it is actually called Bad Wolf Productions, which is a Doctor Who reference. Right. Uh, and, and Disney are throwing money at it, but I don't think they get like creative input. I think they're just a licensing for yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm delighted to hear this news. I have theories on who these characters will be playing, but to be honest, until we see a trailer or anything, it's mm. kind of a waste of time. I'm very impressed with what little bits and pieces we have so far, though. Like, the, they did release a trailer on Christmas Day, and, like, we know Neil Patrick Harris is going to be the big first big villain. Uh, I forgot. I, I fully forgot. Hey, let, well, hey, colors, picture, and more. Another gay man. Yeah, like, that's... <laughs> no completely and like um and all i know is that from what evidence we've seen of david tennant's big first episode it's gonna be an adaptation of one of the comics from like the 70s featuring a villain called beep the meep who is a little hamster with big eyes <laughs> so, there, there's, there's, no, there's like, nothing more villainous <laughs> like so it's this I don't is what has raised you from your slumber they're reining him in i'll put it that way yeah yes kev <laughs> this is what brought me out of uh onto the show this week the hamster the hamster beep the meat 
beep the meat. <laughs> and it's so funny because like I, I like the, the previous era, but like the Johnny Whiskers outgoing thing was stacked with like every single companion under the sun and the Cybermen and the Daleks and the Master. And now they're bringing back the franchise with a hamster called Beep the Meep. It's just <laughs> we got we got it we got to go back to our roots. We got. I mean, like, imagine if Star Wars like uh, <laughs> was about to reboot, and in their way out, they did Darth Vader and Stormtroopers and all that kind of stuff, and then they decided to reboot it with just Jar Jar and nothing else. Like yeah, that's they, the they, vibe they, I get off this. They reboot with Glub Shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, by the way, Dara. Sorry, you came in at like the worst moments. Ahoy, I think I came in at the best moments. Ahoy, everybody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yes, that's the big doctor. And since we're talking casting anyway, uh, we won't dwell on the, the Mandalorian too much because I know that it'll eat the episode. But I just want to say we're recording on a Wednesday and I've just watched the newest episode. And by the way, the third season is really, really good. They've, they're doing a good balance of like the, having an arc and having individual episodes and all that. But today's episode featured three big names that jumped out at me, which was Christopher Lloyd, uh, Jack Black, and Lizzo. Oh, God. I hate, I, I hate all of that. Yeah, I knew you would. I hate all But it's all delightful. No. What's a Lizzo? <laughs> What's a Lizzo? Yeah. I'm going to pass the book to Kev on this one. It's the goddamn queen is what she is. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, this isn't a bit. Like, no, she, she's, a, she's, she's a pop star. She's, oh, okay. That's why I don't know who it is. Why, why are you bringing pop stars? I don't know pop stars. I don't know, I don't know modern music. Hey, Dara, you should actually check out Lizzo. She rules. She plays yeah, she's group. awesome. She, oh, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's a lot, not, it's a lot it's of not, 70s. Is it your one with the flu? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I can't do that. No, no, I can't oh, do that. Now. Can't awesome, be doing man. that. Sorry, can't do it. Can't do it. Now there's only one queen in pop. Her name is Taylor Swift, and uh, and that is <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that's the a very bin. different end of the no, pop no. Taylor Swift is the absolute queen. So can no, she play the flute? Probably, yeah, but she doesn't because she has respect for herself. Oh, anyway. Uh, uh, you just get about to get a hundred angry tweets from flautists across the world. I would, I would love to know if we have flautists as listeners. <laughs> I would love to know. My sister plays the flute. Really? Uh, <laughs> well, is, is that a bit? Is that a bit, or is that true? No, no, it's true. Oh no, I feel, feel bad. <laughs> no, I feel bad. Ron Burgundy just... plays the flute. Yeah, I know, but that's as an ironic joke. It's not like a serious thing. It's like I don't know. It's well, like ironic people... to him. It's like people who uh, collect stamps, you know, like unironic people collect stamps. I oh, we're not know, getting Dara, into think... like nerdy gatekeeping here, are we? No, no, no. I'm just... the... <laughs> Hold on. No, I'd like to take a little deeper. Learning the flute is a pretty involved process. I don't think you do that ironically. <laughs> no, okay. You've never seen the other guys where he learns to dance ironically and learns to play the cello to make fun of the guy up the road. That's in the movie. Thing, yeah, that's yeah. in the movie. Yeah, it's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's part. It's part of the whole lore of the, of the movie. The other guys is great, by the way. No, I mean I respect anybody who plays any musical instrument, of course. But no, the flute is a bit. Well, she doesn't play the flute in the Mandalorian. If that's what you're worried about. Oh God. Okay, right. That's not so bad. <laughs> I thought this was going to be like when that other flute was on uh, in Game of Thrones. What's his name? Oh, the right that's the one. And he started no, singing. No, no, like, it's, it's actually, it's super cute. It's basically, they need to recruit some Mandalorians. And so they go to a planet. of. Like, she, is she a Mandalorian? No, no. It's okay. basically, I'm not going to give away the plot of the series, but like they're recruiting Mandalorians from every which place. And they land right. on a very Star Trek-y place. Oh, fun. Everyone's always having parties and Jack Black and Lizzo are like, see, okay. I just, the planet and all okay. that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm 100% going to avoid that episode. Because I Lizzo, I don't, I genuinely don't know that much about, but I, I hate Jack Black. Oh, what's wrong? I hate him. Because I, okay, okay. So moving away from Lizzo, because I, I, I can't really speak to her. However, Jack Black, right? He was Only in a... the time he bothered you on Twitter. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in a movie called uh, High Fidelity, right? Right. Wonderful movie, right? Genuinely, if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. It's in a record store. Jack Black's doing his whole, hey, I'm a rock star. Blah, 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 that kind of and it was great. And then he played that character for 25 years. And I am He's sick. He's about to be Bowser. I am sick of it. I won't be watching that either. 
I am sick of Jack Black. And I liked Tenacious D. I'm just like, you know the best movie he was in? Jumanji. Jumanji. School of Rock. No. See, I, by the time he did School of Rock, he'd already been playing that character for 10 years. I mean, I'm sick of his whole, like, I'm a rocker. It's like, no, please stop. Please go away, Jack Black. I, 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 I am pro Jack Black. Phases to it. Like, initially, he was like a rock and roll guy in sort of the edgelord kind of end. Now he just, like, he just seems like a dad who's really happy to be doing what he's Sorry, doing. Sorry, he was like, really good in Ghostbusters in uh, Goosebumps as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good choice. Yeah, yeah. But anytime he plays, and the thing about it is, what's, what's giving me concern here is you said it's a party planet, which means he's going to be doing his Jack Black, his Jack Black character. And I'm like, oh, like, no, he's no. just kind of happy. No, like, no. you know, he's not playing the guitar or anything, you know. Okay. No, I, I, am gonna, I'm gonna give this one a, a strong pass on this one. I don't know, man. In a world of like a lot of things being a lot of grays and browns, I'll take a shigagagagwe. Oh God, see, <laughs> no, I, I threw up a little bit in my mouth there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, if people like Lizzo, okay. If people like Jack Black, okay. If people like Star Wars, okay. Uh, I mean, the actually, War- just to move away from that particular bit of Star Wars, the ending of the second Bad Batch season is really good, and it made yeah? us cry. Okay, because I, I I've been kind of disappointed with season with season three of the Mandalorian. I'll I'll, I'll be honest with you. That's um, hard to get. I didn't watch last week, and I won't be watching this week. Uh, I'll watch it next week when it's good again. Um, but I, I I think it's been very when it's been good, it's been great. Um, like I really like the stuff with the. Uh, the the reformed Camino cloner that was yeah. really good, um, and I thought that like I'd watch a show based in in Coruscant. I thought that was quite fun. It's called Andor. No, no, that no with stakes. Kane Andor dies on a planet. We know what happens to him. It, there's no stakes to it. I I I I do I do concede your point. I do appreciate it, but I'm also like, no, they should have made that with anyone else who's still alive. You know. It, it's silly. Uh, no one cared about Andor, like the person, I mean, the man. Well, okay. Well, sorry. When you were watching Road One, Rogue One, were you like, "Oh, that Andor guy"? Look at him there. No, He's my guy. Well, that's what extended media does. You take something that no one would care about normally, and but he's already dead. Like you know, he's already dead. Yeah, but like Darth Vader died before the prequels started. Who cares? No, there's a di- no, there is a difference. You can't compare Andor. Kev, please help me here. Uh, I'm hey, no, no, I'm stepping no, back. you're not I sitting got, on the fence. You're no, not on I got no, I will no. no, this no, fence, no. That's a pretty comfy fence here because I. All right, I'll tell you what. I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got an activity okay, to okay. take us out of this. Okay, go on. Uh, so, Marvel Phase Four is over, yes. uh, and very comfortably so. We're into the next whatever. So I've been going through some whatever. of the stuff and what? <laughs> I just love it. I was like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Is is he wrong? <laughs> no, he's, he's spot on. He's spot on. I just and I it. say that as a fan. Um, yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. That that sums it all up. Like, but like, okay, because I I quite liked the bit he did back in January, which was just like thirty second summaries of things that are about to come out. So, okay. uh, so what I thought I'd do is. I would just call out the names of things in phase four and see if you remembered anything about it. And that goes to Kev. Oh, this is fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. I suggest you How much time do we have left, by the way, Kev? Oh, like 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. We've got time. Okay. I suggest you do this. I suggest you do this there, right? We do do it like one Kev, one me. And then that's how we do it. Okay. Yeah. Go. And I I forget continuity. I'm just going to do the films first. Yeah. Okay. And then the TV shows, because otherwise we might end up getting stuck on like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and not talk about Spider-Man. So hold on, hold like on. So like, so the rule the rules are you're going to name a property and Kev myself have to say something about it. Yeah. Just okay. Just tell me as many things you remember as you at least three. We'll okay. say. Okay. Oh god, this is fun. All right, go on. Okay. Play at home. <laughs> Yell at your car radio. Okay. All right. So first up, Black Widow. Kev, what do you remember? <laughs> Actually, no. It's a telling I, I, silence. <laughs> yeah. No, no. The uh, face is even better. <laughs> just, it's just. Kind of, I, I feel like that wasn't even this face. Anyway, no. Uh, David Harbour's uh, Captain Russia stick was actually genuinely very fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I also I, like. It might just be her. I do like Flo Pew. 
yeah, and her chemistry with, with Scardo was actually really fun. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it was a Harvey Weinstein allegory. <laughs> yes, that was yeah, it. Okay, okay. yeah, that's, that's, that's your three things. That's three. Okay. You off there. Okay. Uh, so Dara. Yes. Three things about yes. Black Widow that he hasn't said already. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to a different one. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, no, that's actually a better system. Okay. okay. Right. Tell me three things you remember about Shang-Chi. Oh, uh, it was surprisingly decent. It had yep. a dragon. The martial yep. arts was unreal. And Wong appearance. Yes. Okay, that's oh, three. Yeah. Dar- Dar- Great. That's number one. one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh... it's the best movie the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to switch up the order because I know that probably Dara wants to talk about Eternals. So uh, I, I just to... like to put just one wedge in and say Simu Lu looks absolutely yeah. great in the Barbie trailer. Man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Um, um, yes. Continue. <laughs> I we really need a full episode to talk about that. Okay. Uh, Kev, tell me, what I remember about Spider-Man: No Way Home? Oh, Spider-Man. I mean, it was the crossover event mm. with uh, with with Tobey Maguire and 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 the other one. Uh, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> how dare you, sir? That's it. Uh, Willem Dafoe is the best Marvel villain in decades. Yes. Because he's just Correct. playing one from decades ago. Correct. Um, uh, is that three? Uh, no, it's not, I, by my count, that's, that's, that's two. That's two. One. That's two. Um, Make a count. They they still have not quite figured out what they're doing with Doctor Strange. Fine. That's excellent. Fair. Okay, Dara Eternals, yeah. go. Oh, it had Babylonian in it. It uh, it had a really good <laughs> cast, and I loved it. I thought it was great, and had an appearance of uh, the, the an actual museum in London, not like the fake right. museum. Uh, I kind of set myself up for that one. All right. I set myself up for that one. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, you, would, you wouldn't have gotten that excuse to trails to me. That's, that's true. <laughs> right, that's three. Okay, uh, Kev, appropriately, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, go. Ooh, I, I have a softer touch on this one than a lot of people do, but I understand criticisms. Uh, I liked Sam Raimi's Evil Dead kind of effects looks in this. I thought that was fun. Uh, they did Wanda really dirty, yeah. right? Especially post WandaVision, and uh, they still don't know what they're doing with Doctor Strange. <laughs> Fine, excellent. I, with incredible reluctance, Dara, Thor, yes. Love and Thunder. Only three things. Uh, I thought it was really sweet. I saw it four times, and I really appreciate Russell Crowe being uh, Zeus. It was great. Okay, all right, excellent, very succinct. I agree with I, all that. I re- um, I remember Dara having a very uh, having a very affectionate hand on that one. Oh yeah, okay, I mean, I get why people hate it, okay. but come on, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, Kev, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Go. Oh, um, beautiful story about loss and uh, heritage from there on. Angela Bassett giving an actually award-winning performance. And uh, even though it definitely had its kind of wedged-in moments like Ironheart, I still think the Namor plot kind of wrapped itself in pretty well. Okay. So very right. much so very so very much like the way that would have been a different... Uh, Eternals would have been different if Cat had got it. That would have been different if I had got it. Yeah. Very different. Okay, but that's not the game. Yeah, I know right, it's not, but I'm just saying. I'm going to throw you Ant-Man 3. Go there. Oh no. Um oh no. Um disappointing. Uh but okay. Uh Kang was good, but now problem Kang's the actor's very problematic because of all the mm. stuff that came out. So tinged. Oh, yeah. Tinged is, is the word. Okay. All right. That's we'll count that as three. Kev, we're into the TV shows now. How much time do we have? Enough. <laughs> Enough. Enough. One division. Kev, go. Uh, very fun effects changing the sequence of the sitcom type every, from episode to episode. Right. Um, uh, a, a middle finger to the fans in terms of the flash and a penis joke. Oh. <laughs> Not right. flash, uh, Quicksilver. Yep. Well, one more, you can do it. <laughs> what else to say about it? Um, Cat Dennings is there. <laughs> yes, perfect. Uh, All right. Dara, Falcon yeah, Winter Soldier, go. Okay, uh, hated a lot of it. Um, really, really like US Agent and okay. the Thunderbolt setup. Uh, worst Captain America ever. <clears throat> okay, time. Kev, Loki, go. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Richard E. Grant was a blast in what parts uh, of he was, he was there for. You're giving him all the ones that to be positive for. I feel like I'm going to be negative. Sorry, go on. Go on. <laughs> I feel like um, I'm a setup here. <laughs> and... and- Again, although the actor has some has 
has some some icky stuff connected to him. The introduction of Kang was very interesting in mm. the kind of the time loop. Also, minor fourth thing. It feels like it's been years and we have not actually got a payoff to that yet. It's true. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna, that's going to be the second season. We might we might have to round that out at the end. The whole multiverse thing, not yeah. actually kind of amounting to anything yet. Yeah. But but speaking of which, actually, appropriately, Dara, what yes. if go? Oh, uh, way better than I thought it was. I really enjoyed. Yeah. I really enjoyed a lot of it. Um, it was cool to see them actually really go for things like Marvel Zombies, mm. um, the alternative uh, Avengers, and yeah, it was it was just a really fun overall fun watch with a very low stakes, um, low stakes show, but way more enjoyable than I was expecting. So a nice surprise. Yeah, I would agree with all that. Excellent. Kev, Hawkeye, go. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last episode was a diehard pastiche. Yeah. Uh, he had a hearing aid. Right. Uh, the musical, Kev. Uh, the musical. I fully forgot about the musical. Oh, my God. That's the, the best the, part. The, the actress, I can't remember her name, but the the other the other Hawkeye Kate actress, Bishop. Kate Bishop, was actually fun. Fair, yeah. And is my, a better Hawkeye than Jeremy I, Renner. Hawkeye is actually my favorite Disney Plus series. I could talk about that all day, but we'll save that. Uh, Dara, again, some reluctance. Moon Knight. Oh my god! So they robbed us of the British Museum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, that's just awful. Um, I, I really enjoyed a lot of this. Uh, I thought it, it kind of sums up a lot of problems with, with Marvel Phase 4. It's um, it, it promises way more than it delivers. And finally, right. the last thing is, um, if they had more shows like this with a payoff, I think that's the format for Marvel TV. Okay. All right. That's very well said. Okay. So, uh, Kev, Miss Marvel. Uh, surprisingly good. Uh, I think was my kind of takeaway on that. Uh, a, a very genuine feeling uh, kind of teen superhero story, which mm. is something we have a lot of in Marvel, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, a very, very good scene in the latter third of it, depicting the partition of uh, India and Pakistan. Yeah. That I remember actually being like a standalone, very, this is a very good moment of television. Mm. Um and an and an and a, a, a an ending that leaves me, if not excited, intrigued by the Marvels. Okay, all right, excellent. And rounding out the TV shows for the specials, uh, Dara She Hulk. Oh, avoid that like the plague. Worst uh, thing ever. Got to say three things. Uh, the twerking made me sick in my mouth. <laughs> three things. I did. I said worst thing ever. The twerking made me sick in my mouth and avoid it. I I will generously say that's three things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we also have two television specials. Uh, Kev, Werewolf by Night. Do you see oh, it? Oh, the most creative thing Marvel has done. Agreed. Since, yeah. since that studio was founded. Yeah, um, absolutely. A, a, a mark that they really should be leaning more into on the side kind of 18s plus stuff with creative visual directors the black and white was stunning so yeah and the the physical creature designs were excellent yeah and it was michael Chiacchino who does like who's usually like a music composer directing yes. it like you know yeah like no. yeah i completely agree with all that finally so, rounding us out unless i've missed something and to be honest if i have it's more marvel's fault than anything uh Dara, you've got the guardians of the galaxy holiday special oh yeah look i mean it has it has the benefit of being a holiday special, so yeah. you're kind of watching it, not really expecting much. Yeah, and I didn't. Uh, I mean, it was it was fine, it was good. It, like, okay, three things about it. One, uh, I think it's Marvel's first holiday special, so if if go, if going forward, there they do this more often. Totally cool with me. Uh, two, it didn't impact or ruin any of the the continuity around it. And three, right. um, it's a good little bridge from our guardians. Yeah. And also I should throw in just for anyone who might observe, there were also five little group shorts. Yes. I didn't know if they were kind of I didn't know up. if the, I didn't know if you were including those or not, but I I because I I'll be honest, I'm just reading the list off Wikipedia, even though I have seen everything, and I just caught that 
okay. near the tail end of it. Yeah, they were fun. Uh, they were fun. Yeah, and there was like kind of like, uh, yeah, that's pretty much apart from the likes of like assembled and like little legends and that kind of stuff. That's mm. pretty much everything. So, Kev, having gone through that entire list, has that changed your outlook on the last couple of years of Marvel? Not really, because it kind of just emphasized the feeling I've had since Endgame in that it seems like they're scrambling to try and make a new base work. Right. Yeah. To mixed results. Mm. And like, I, I, Dara said it, you know, at this point, it's just comics. You just pick one, you read it, and that's it. Yep. Like, it's, it feels less like everything's building to this one thing and yeah, more just, yeah, yeah. Here's a, here is a scatter shot of different ideas. Some of them will come back. Yeah. to find out later literally yeah that's what it is i think I and mean, that's the best way to see it it's like comics you know you go into a comic book shop and you pick up the ones you want and then you drop out and you come back in and and that's kind of it you know i mean like i'm literally sitting here after training wearing a, a tour four t-shirt oh Genuinely. sweet oh the posters for thor four were gorgeous i really enjoyed that movie however it established nothing Finished nothing. It's it just gave kind of Thor a kid. No, but you know what I mean. Like it didn't change the status yeah, like, quo. Yeah, no, I agree with Dara. Like Thor now just has a kid hanging around. Yeah, but that doesn't like that doesn't affect the the grand scheme of the universe. No, I, I suppose. Sorry, I mean, it, I I'm, I think I've said this before. I'm glad they didn't go straight into like a Thanos after no, Thanos. But, no, but I, 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 I'm glad they kind of cooled things down a bit. But I yeah, wanna, we I kind of finish it earlier. The multiverse thing hasn't all culminated you could abstractly say it's all culminated in kang but you but like you wouldn't have missed anything by not watching the loki show or what if or anything for well, example. i just want to i just want to finish that point real quick yeah, go on. Uh, um kev said it he said basically it feels like the wheels have a spinning and after end game there's just kind of a nothing i do agree by cooling it down made a lot of sense but basically they established the multiverse did actually very little with it. And then when they did do something with it, it wasn't enough. Like, Kev, again, you said this uh, around the time, the best multiverse of madness movie wasn't the multiverse of madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's whenever, like, obviously that's that's the hotness in Hollywood right now. But when Marvel, who kind of introduced the concept at this point, did something about it, it was that, you know, we have like Loki... Doctor Strange and Spider-Verse all kind of introduce it. The three of them do three very different things with this concept. Mm. And mm. all of them, obviously we're waiting on a season two for Loki. Yeah. All of them kind of done nothing with it. That's it. It, it yeah, more confuses it. the idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Where, where it felt like, all, like, you know, I watched when I finished, Doc, when we finished Spider-Man, it felt like, oh, like this universe has torn. There yeah. is a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Doctor Strange should tie that back. But no, it does. It tells a fully different story. Yeah. So yeah. Like, and yeah, like, and I that's true. Production pipelines. That's true. Yeah. Like it, 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 it makes for a confusing watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't look. Obviously, there's an overarching story, but it's just the way it's been doled out. Like I know everything prior to Endgame, except for Captain Marvel, in a lot of ways, and you know maybe the way Black Panther was 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 paced or put in. Um. Everything kind of made sense. It was kind of building up. And even those two outliers, they did still fit in, right? Yeah, Where you yeah. watch them and they still fit in, even though I would have placed them slightly differently. Um, watching everything in phase four, nothing makes sense. Like there's no if you were to say to me, right, or someone who didn't watch, um, what order should I watch it in? I genuinely couldn't tell you. That's fair. You know, I mean, none of it really matters. Well, that's why, like, if we were talking about phase three, I wouldn't need Wikipedia in front of me. Yeah, 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 yeah like... exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I like that they're bringing in a few new faces, like the likes of Shang Chi and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, but it, it almost feels like they still haven't hit their um, the, the risk. Their, no, their status quo yet. Oh, okay, I, yeah. I, it's like they, they've been they've, they're trying to get to a point where it's like, right now we have our core team. Yes, and they don't have a core team yet. Well, they, I know they say they do, but they really don't because it hasn't been shown or established. You know, no, they, they seem to be building up the young Avengers because now we have all of them pretty much spread out across yeah. the universe. But like, yeah. it's it's there isn't like a oh, check out Guardians 3 to find out what's going to happen. You know there's what, also, you know there's what, also, no... sorry, to, to, sorry it, 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 it's just kind of coming to me there. It's that by this point, like, if they're kind of like starting from zero, which they kind of have to in a sense, yeah, yeah. we're so far gone into this point that well, by this point. 
we had the Avengers. Like yeah, the, the original. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Added yeah. Point. Some yeah. kind of tie together. Yeah. Like we we are so far gone by that point that we and we nothing is tied together. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like it's like they're they spend so much time doing world building and introducing characters, which I mean, look, totally fair. But they should have said that. They should have been like, look. We're actually just going to take this back, establish characters and build out these franchises and then tie them together rather than the expectation, which I mean is a legitimate expectation that people have, is that this is all going to tie together for an event movie. We haven't got that. The closest thing we got was uh, Spider-Man. And I think, you know, by this point now, um, it also doesn't seem like, all right, how's Kang actually going to play into this? Taking it outside the real world thing, because I mean, they can just recast them. It is what it is. Yeah, Kang is a fairly fluid character. Yeah, I mean, they can just... Oh, why does he look different? He's, you know... Yeah. They're all variants. It's fine. Not not the first time they've just replaced a guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) it just happens. They've done it twice already. Yeah. But isn't it such a shame (laughs) that, like, the first actor they've gone... Three times. Sorry, they did it three times already. And they didn't Mm -hmm. even mention it. I know, but like, let's say you had to recast Iron Man. You wouldn't have to adjust the Infinity War plan. Yeah. To make it, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, they, they don't necessarily, well, I mean, yeah, they, they kind of have to. I mean, our man is super important, but. No, it, but if you change the actor, it wouldn't change the nature of the story. You yeah, know? but I mean, if, if they change, if they change the actor for Kang now, it's going to be a bit, they will probably make a joke about it. Oh, your variant looks different. And then yeah, there yeah. you go. I mean, that's how you get around it. But uh, the Avengers still haven't met Kang yet. The only one who's actually met him is Loki. Oh, well, Ant-Man. Oh yeah, sorry, and Ant Man, but I mean, yeah. he met a variant. He didn't meet yeah, the, the yeah, one okay, who was left yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, um, so look, going forward, I think it, it will be interesting. And I, I don't know how much time you have left, but I do want oh. to mention it real quick. <laughs> oh, we're at time. Okay, we're gonna go over anyway because I we're, need to. We're already some... over. Oh, we're already over. Okay, cool. I'm gonna finish this. So it, it's funny because um, we were talking about the Avengers, right? Mm. And how Phase Four didn't fill it. News came out, and it goes, I don't know if you've even played this game yet. Yeah. But uh, do you remember the Avengers game that came out? The and, online one, yeah, 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 the really bad one. And I, you know, went on a bit of a rant. Yeah. So they they re- they released the definitive edition for free for anybody Ooh. who actually has it. So if you have it on PS4, I have it on the PS5, uh, or if you have it on PC, you can when you log in, they upgrade you automatically to the to the definitive edition. But it's closing down in September, so hurry up, <laughs> go what? and get it and play it. And it's funny, right? So the actually, so the game itself was kind of lame. The campaign was probably the worst thing ever. But <laughs> but they released a Wakanda a campaign, and that was actually right. really good. With, uh, so I mean, the game itself has has a bit more of a life now than it did. But all the all the customization stuff, all the gr- stuff you would grind for, is all free now, and then you can play it online as well. So I am saying for the next what four, five months for the game's life. Uh, go and play it. I, I I think they finally released a game that isn't terrible. Now, it's not great. I'll be honest with you. But I actually really enjoy it. And you can play as Spider-Man and Thor and Iron Man and all the rest of the lads. Okay. So, um. Yeah, we are well out of time. We are. So we are. Uh, that's going to be well, Hold on. But this is why you, you go over to Nerdtown <laughs> Media. This is why you go over to Nerdtown <laughs> Media where you get the full show. And also sometimes the show that I... Uh, like you get the full show unedited, so I don't cut out myself when I've gone too far <laughs> <laughs> on the radio. You edit yourself? I have to, yeah. So we don't get kicked <laughs> off the radio. <laughs> I, I assume you take out literally anything else. No, no. I I, I have I have power very, of a uh, god as editor. I know, I know. I sometimes I'm listening back, I'm like, oh no, my joke went too far. So I have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, head on over to 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 our feeds and Spotify, and uh, yes. you get to hear me say maybe a bad word every once in a while. Yep. Whoa, that's some Whoa, quality crazy. content there. Quality uh, content. <laughs> we haven't done it in a while as well, but we, we if, if you go back through the feed, we had some nerds know after darks where the episodes ran long and they were good fun. Uh, I think we I think we did a deep dive into uh, Batman's romantic proclivities at the time. Oh, what a fun show that was. Oh my god. Uh, oh, heroes yeah, don't do that. Heroes don't do that. You can check what heroes do do is check out nerdsnowmedia.com uh, with all of our other shows on the network and uh yeah, does that do you guys have anything else to plug? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, WWE was sold this week. Holy hell, I called that, folks. I've been calling it for over a year. So I did like six hours of podcasting this week. So please go over and check out those shows. And we also have a Patreon. 
on social media and we really appreciate everyone checking it out also spread words to the show because i mean at, at cons we always get to meet new people so uh yeah we want to see more of you excellent all right uh with that said and thank you very much for sticking with our very strange marvel deep dive slash film review slash star wars and doctor who casting mild praise and outrage i will say that i've been kian i've been there i've been kev and i can never find the stop recording button bye bye All right, so you're listening to the podcast. You're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland. How do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on nerdthenomedia.com or Phoenix92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Nerdthenomedia everywhere. Nerdthenomedia on Twitter. Nerdthenomedia Instagram. Nerdthenomedia on Twitch. Nerdthenomedia at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.